if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, he says, after you ask, understand this, I will do it. Take it that Jesus, you asked in his name, he is heard and answered, he has done it. He then said, but if you love me and trust me, the next thing I want of you is keep my commandments. Now we're talking about the law of manifestation. In other words, what has been placed inside you, you want a manifestation on the outside. An appearance of that thing. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. However, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, this is how what I have done for you in answer to your prayer will appear in your life. This is how the miracle working power is going to show. Keep the commandments that I give unto you. Now, this comes from even the first miracle that Jesus did. And there is a law first mentioned in scripture. Whatever is mentioned first, when it is mentioned, all right, tells you, sets the pattern for how that particular thing will come into operation. So the first miracle that Jesus did gives us a massive glimpse into how miracles occur. And what Mary said, she went to make a request of Jesus. There is no wine. We need wine in this place. And the next thing she said, you want to get things from Jesus after you ask him? Whatsoever he tells you, she turned to the disciples to do, do it. Now, if you do it, if you keep his commandments, I've made the request, keep his instructions, now you're going to see the manifestation. So, Jesus gave the commandments next and said, go and fill those pots up with water. It was in the doing of the commandments that they got the manifestation. So, every prayer you have offered up that you believe you have received, there are certain commandments that are going to be given unto you that instruction. Now, let's just go on and hear what he says here. He goes on and says, verse 19, Yet a little while the world seeth me, and you shall see me no more. But you sh and, and, and the world, the world seeth me no more. But you shall see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Now remember in 15 he had said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He says, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he is he that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself. Manifestation. I will manifest myself to him. So, the person that keeps the commandment is the person who is going to see the manifestation. So, there are instructions, there are commandments that he is going to give. And he says, if you keep those commandments, you are going to see the manifestation. All right? He went on, if any man love me, he will keep my words. Verse 23. And my father will love him, and we will come unto him... And we will make our abode with him. Now, so what are these commandments? 
John didn't stop there. Let's go to 1 John. He goes on and says this. Now remember, you keep the commandments now. So you are operating in faith, but this faith you are operating in, it works, all right, by love. So we want to see how love makes this faith that you are confessing, that you are declaring. That you are sitting there in the place of prayer. Remember it says, if you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed. But, but Paul told us in 1 Corinthians, he says that if you have faith that you can move mountains and have not that love operating, what he was saying here is you are not going to have any profit. You ain't going to see any manifestation. That's why he went on and said in Mark eleven twenty three, the principle of faith, Mark eleven twenty four, how you take that faith into the place of prayer, like we said, Mark eleven twenty five, manifestation is in love. He said, when you stand praying, believing you have received, what is the only hindrance to that particular type of prayer? He said, it is when you have unforgiveness. So if the issue of doubt has been dealt with in Mark eleven twenty three. The issue of prayerlessness has been dealt with in Mark eleven twenty four. There is only one more obstacle to manifestation: unforgiveness in the heart of a person. So when you stand praying, forgive. In other words, he says that person you have ought against, join that person with you in prayer. That's what he's saying. For he tells us, Jesus ever liveth to make intercession. In other words, when you stand praying, the very thing, what is hindering that prayer is that thing on the inside of you that doesn't want somebody else who offended you to get blessed. Oh, do you see what I'm saying here? That if you stand praying and you will be angry at somebody else connected to you, if they make progress, he said, when you are praying for the manifestation of yours, pray for the manifestation of that person's blessing also. That's what he's talking about. You have fulfilled that um, circuit there, and the power of God is going to be made manifest. That's why this prayer where of, 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 um, of, of ill will that sometimes we teach, that when somebody has offended you, in prayer, you, you try to use it to hurt the lives of people. It's not the gospel of Jesus. It is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I must say it won't work, but it's not the gospel Jesus taught. Because it says, when you stand praying, forgive. And we're going to see this. It says, we should love, not that you even love your neighbor as yourself. It says, love as I have loved you. So let's look at this. So he says, I will give you commandment. Now I'm saying the commandments here in this New Testament are commandments and instructions in the place of love. And this is where the manifestation comes. So it is in the place of love there. And, and so you want to, let, let me just tell you this now. You want to open up, you know, a, a lady told me, she, she, she used to listen to me and she, she lived in, in, in Abuja and she told me this story. She wrote a testimony to me last week that uh, one day I was listening to you on television and you said something about forgiveness. She said to me, all right, that my boyfriend had just broken up with me and it hurt me deeply. I think she had talked about borrowing him money or he got money from her, many things that happened and she was deeply hurt. Then she had a message I preached on forgiveness. 
and that she decided to pray for him. That was very difficult. But she decided she was going to pray. And what happened was, after that, she just said that she was going to fall, that she, I think it was a medical doctor, and go to the best medical school in the United States of America to further her career. This, she didn't have the money. It was out of it. Uh, even if they take you, she didn't have the money to do it. But she said when she got into that place of forgiving and releasing him and getting on with her life, she just saw that medical school she wanted to and she applied. And I'm just cutting the long story short. To cut it short, she said she got admission into that place. And that all of this happened in a short period of time with a scholarship, all everything paid for by the school to do this advanced all right, her medical degree there in America there in what she considered in that field, and it was Harvard Medical School, the best, all right, in that field anywhere in the world. All expenses paid. But she said the turning point was when I operated in forgiveness. So what happens when you are praying about the manifestation of something you have been confessing? Is that the Bible says, if you have ought in your heart again, which means there are people who have robbed you wrongly. Now, what the Holy Spirit is telling you is now when you are praying for your manifestation, think about them. And if we go back to what we call the golden rule, we say the golden rule is do unto your neighbor as you want men to do unto you. That's not the whole truth. That's not what Jesus taught. I'm going to come back to 1 John quickly. Let me just show you. That's not what Jesus taught. What Jesus taught was it, what you do to your enemies is what men will do to you. That's the golden rule. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? Look at Luke chapter 6 and 27 and listen to what Jesus is saying. Because the breakthrough there is going to come in that place of forgiveness. It says, but I say unto you, and, and what is happening is we have many people relating with people that, that don't wish them well, even though they, they're in contact with them. Listen, but I say unto you that here, now look at what he says. I say unto you that here, here means you are hearing deeper than just natural ears. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Listen to what Jesus said. Bless them that curse you. He didn't say curse back. Pray for them that despitefully use you, not just use you. And unto him that smited thee in one cheek, offer thee also. Whosoever taketh away thy cloak, forbid him not to take thy coat also. So you are releasing. You are not holding on to that person that this is what he's talking about. Like that lady, oh, well, this guy broke up with me and I hold on to it. She lets go and say, okay, I'm going on with my life. I release you. She wasn't thinking of him. Come back. I release everything. And as you would, Listen to what Jesus now says. Look at what he started saying in 27. But I say unto you that here, love your enemies. So he was speaking about enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. That's what Jesus was talking about. The context was this. Now we now juxtapose and get to the golden rule. And say this is the golden rule. And as you will that men should do unto you, do you to them likewise. That, the, we just say, no, no, no. The golden rule is, as you will that all men should do to you, do ye also to them. 
To who? To these your enemies. Look at what he says next. For if you love them that love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do love, love those that love them. And if you do good to them that do good unto you, it says, for sinners do the same. And if you lend unto whom you hope to receive, what thank have you for sinners lend? But love your enemies. So he went back to it. Do good, lend hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great in heaven for his kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful. That's what he's talking about. As your father is merciful. Then he says, don't judge them. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. The way you treat them is the way every other person is going to treat you. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive them, and anything anybody is holding against you on the earth, which means that, and they don't want to do something because of that, they will release it, which means you're putting the law of release into operation. He now says, give and it shall be given. In fact, that giving is talking about is to those folks. And it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, run together, shall men put into your bosom. That's why I believe that Bishop Kid Butler's statement there, I keep telling the story because of time, I won't get into it, I won't say it again today because you just have a few minutes left and I want to get into First John. Alright? The story he tells about um, the assistant pastor and what the assistant pastor did, very powerful because it's a practice of that. And that's the law of manifestation. Now, so let me close with First John here. And I've said a self-centered, selfish um, thing always appeals to the human nature. Okay, so he's talking about love. And then he says, For this is the message you have heard, 1 John 3, 11, from the beginning that we should love one another. Not as Cain was of that wicked one, who slew his brother, because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now, then he goes on. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and we know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding inside him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, we also ought to lay down our lives. That's that natural life there for our brethren. So you are laying down your life where Jesus laid down in intercession. That laying down your life is laying down your life. In that, what he's talking about there is forgiveness. What he's talking about there, that's what he's saying there in praying. That's what God taught Job. That the greatest security you have is when you pray for your friends that offend you. His captivity was turned around. Manifestation. That's the law of manifestation. Manifestation comes once you operate in love. Manifestation comes. You see all these things you're believing and praying for? Manifestation comes once you pass the test of love. There's always a love test in your life. You die daily every day. There's a love test. Pass that love test and you get into manifestation. That's what's hindering it. He says, perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We also to lay down our life for our brethren. Now, if you don't lay down your life, then, then and that's forgiveness. And I'll, I'll, I'll show you what I'm saying. It says any other physical thing you do really may not be in love. 
because you can be in unforgiveness. In other words, remember he says, I can give all my goods to the poor, give my body to be burned, but I do not have love. Now, what's he talking about? He's saying, I can bring a gift to the altar, but if I have aught in my heart against my brother, that's what he's saying, that you can give goods to the poor, but you have aught against your brother in your heart, but you're giving, he says, look, my friend, that's not love. He says, if you have faith to move a mountain, but you have aught against your brother, he says, look, you speak in tongues of angels and men, you have aught against, that's what he's talking about. So the first thing is to lay down your life, and we'll see this in forgiveness. Then he now goes on, as Jesus taught, judge not, condemn not, forgive, then give. Then he goes on to talk about giving. But whoso had the world's good and seeth his brother in need. Now, you can give your brother world's goods as a manipulative thing. That's why the scripture tells us that a man can say eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. That he is doing it strategically to penetrate in order to do damage unto you. You can give a gift and is given to blind judgment, to as witchcraft, it can be done. So the fact that you are giving doesn't mean that your heart is right. It is first of all found in the place of forgiveness. And seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion. How dwelleth the love of God in him? Then he says this. My children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed, and also in truth. That's sincerity in the heart and forgiveness. Hereby we know that we are of the truth and assure our hearts before him. So faith starts getting unlocked. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart that knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence. So once a person is walking in love, it says there will be no condemnation in their heart. And confidence now comes in the place of prayer. Towards God. And whatsoever we ask. Now once you pass the love test, God gives you a blank check. Because you are not going to pray about anything that will be outside his will. Now that doesn't mean that God spoke to you about it. Or revealed to you and he says that he gave you. No. It means that your disposition is in alignment with God if you have passed that love test of forgiveness. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. Now we are going back to the commandments that we saw in John 14. Whatsoever we ask, we receive because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. What is the commandment? And this is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of Jesus. So we prayed in the name of Jesus and the next thing, to love one another as he has given us commandment. Then it says, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth. What are the commandments? It means commandments on the expression of love. If you keep the commandments on the expressions of love. In other words, that lady that says she sat down and listened that day and God gave her a commandment on how to pray for her boyfriend who broke her heart. That was a commandment that was given. Now, that's her own commandment, but it was an instruction that was given in the central commandment of love. So you can be in the place of prayer and God gives a commandment on what to do. 
When Bishop Butler got up, he got a commandment in love to go and give. And the minute you get a commandment in love to give to somebody, then another person that's love manifestation gets. Because if you judge, then you are judged by people outside. Because the, 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 the golden rule is the way you treat those few people in your inner circle is exactly the way the world. So if you judge them, then you get judged. So somebody looks and judges you and says, I'm not giving that person this thing. I just decide in the room. Which means they just look at this promotion, they judge. So they find a little fault on the inside of you and remember, it's a spiritual thing. And then they judge and condemn you because you judge and condemn somebody. But if you forgive, then that thing they are using to hold it against you just lifts in their consciousness. And as you give to that person, they just also give to you. That's, it. That's what he's saying here. He that keepeth my commandments dwelleth in me and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us his spirit he has given unto us. Now, that's exactly what Jesus said. He said, the spirit I will give to you. John 14. He says, and whatsoever you shall ask. He says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And you know what he said? And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. In other words, he will pour forth his spirit. He says, this is how we know because of the spirit he has given unto us. So, if you trace everything, I've told you this, three things here. First, the principle of faith. Second, the principle of prayer. Persistence in prayer. Taking faith into prayer. Many people pray, but they don't operate in faith. They are not saying to that impossible situation and believing that what they are saying will come to pass. They are not expressing, they are not speaking words. But faith without work. So you take it into prayer, believing you have received it. Then the third place for the power to be is uh, going to be a commandment. And everybody has a love test. And when you pass that love test is when you are going to the next level in your life. Let me repeat what I'm saying. At every stage in your life, you have a love test. And when you pass that love test, is when you move to the next stage in your life. Okay? Pass that love test. And that's why that love test there is passed in the place of forgiveness. Alright, come to the end. Um, this... Um, evening. I, I believe you are blessed by that. That, that was um, a very plain message here on the law of manifestation. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082 God bless you.
And here we have the story of Elijah, who was praying what the scripture calls the prayer of faith. And it tells us here in James chapter 5 verse 15, it says, The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And then it goes on and says, And the Lord shall raise him up. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And then he goes on and says, And if any has committed sins, it shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Pray ye for one another that you may be healed. For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man maketh much power, it says, available. Or availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That word availeth much could be said as making much power available. And then he goes on and says, Elijah was a man of like passion just as we. And he prayed that they might, be, they might not be rain. And it tells us, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And then he prayed again. And the heavens, all right, and the earth brought forth its fruit. So here we have the prayer of faith, um, subject here of Elijah. Uh, this is also what we find in uh, the book of Matthew and chapter 11 and verse 24, where Jesus, first of all, spoke on the subject of faith in Matthew eleven twenty-three, when he said um, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he is saying will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So he talked about the release of faith uh, to get mountains to move. And what he was saying was, um, if you are going to get anything to happen in your life, you must operate this principle of faith, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he is saying will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Then he goes on and says, Therefore I say unto you, that is, this is there for this. Mark eleven twenty-three should be carried into Mark eleven twenty-four that whosoever shall say to this mountain, and do not doubt in his heart that what he is saying shall come to pass, he will have so whatsoever he says. Then he now tells us how we're going to have that. It says in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, when you stand praying, believe you have received it. He says, and you shall have it. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you have received it, and you shall have it. Why do you believe you have received it? It talks about you exercising that in Mark eleven twenty-three. Now, the point I'm getting to, let me quickly zero in on it. The point we're getting to is that Elijah, when he offered up the prayer that rain should start falling, he had heard what he called the sound of the abundance of rain. In other words, he wasn't just, you know, praying something. He, he, the prayer of faith 
is a prayer that is offered, here's my point, not as the prayer of faith. Now, there's the supplication that you offer up unto God, your petition, where you make your request known unto him. There's the prayer where you make your request known unto him. But the prayer of faith in itself is what we're going to call warfare prayer. Let me repeat that. The prayer of faith is the prayer that is offered when you are engaging in spiritual warfare. You are not making a request known unto God. The will of God has already been ascertained in the situation. God has already, so to speak, either answered that particular prayer, all right, or he has shown you exactly what he wants to do. So he needs somebody on the earth that will stand in faith where that faith will be expressed in prayer in order to cause that particular thing to materialize. Let me repeat that. The prayer of faith is not a prayer where a person is just, you know, uh, you know, ask God, I hope you can do this. The prayer of faith is a prayer that a person offers up where the scripture says, let thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So when Daniel prayed from the first day that his supplication came unto God, God heard and answered that prayer. The angel came after 21 days. Now, when you look at it, it looks like it took God 21 days to hear and to answer the prayer. No. The minute the supplication came forth, the Bible says the angel came and gave Daniel that understanding. That from the minute you offered up your prayer from that day, the commandment came forth. He said, but the, between when God answered the prayer and when you receive the answer to prayer has taken 21 days. He said, because that answer was held up in the realm of the spirit, there was a warfare concerning it. The prince of Persia withstood me when I was bringing the answer for 21 days. Now, between the time where Daniel prayed and God heard and the time where there was the manifestation to that prayer or the manifestation of that answer is that time period is what we're calling the prayer of faith. In other words, the person is standing in faith knowing exactly that I have received this particular thing because I've offered it up in a form of prayer called a supplication unto God, God has heard my prayer and he has answered my prayer. So I'm not in any stage of doubt. I do not waver. He has heard and answered. And that answer is now given unto me by God. Now, what I want to do is to cause there to be a point of entry on the earth for this answer to materialize, which means I am opening up space in this physical dimension for that which God has heard and answered in the realm of the spirit to materialize there. Now, so there are many people that are repeating prayers, all right, as though God has not heard that prayer. God hears and answers the prayer, but you can continue to pray 
over that particular thing, about that particular thing, but the nature of your prayer changes, which means you are standing now in the fact that God has heard and answered. You put on the whole armor of God. It's a type of prayer. You don't put on the armor of God to go and fight God. You put on the armor of God, for we wrestle not against flesh or blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age or of this present world. So you put on the armor of God. It's a type of prayer which is called warfare. In other words, this is the territory I have taken it. And now in the realm of the spirit, I am going to fight to get a physical manifestation here. I judge God has been faithful. He has heard and answered my prayer. And I have received the answer to that prayer in its spiritual form. So there are two things I'm doing. I'm practicing Mark 11, 23, and I'm taking it into Mark 11, 24. I am saying, and I don't doubt in my heart, I believe what I am saying will come to pass. So I enter into the place of prayer over the confessions that I have been making in order to birth, that's what we'll say here, to give birth, which is to create an opportunity in this natural world for there to be a point of entry of that answer into the scheme of things right upon the earth. So there is that prayer of faith that is offering up. So Elijah heard the sound of the abundance of rain and entered into that posture there where he stayed in the place of prayer. He wasn't requesting and asking God. He was in that birth position and pushing and pushing for there to be an appearance in this physical world of that which God had determined that he was going to do upon the earth. So it's like God saying, this is my will. I'm looking for a man that or a woman that will position themselves on this earth to give birth to that particular thing. But they have to be in faith. It's not just the effort you are putting in in prayer. It's not just the sounds that you are putting in prayer. It's not just the physical motions or the expression of emotions. It's not even just in the sweating there. Now, it might involve uh, the expression of emotions. It might involve certain sounds come out of you as the Holy Spirit is expressing himself on the inside of you. It might even involve a person sheds a tear, all right, uh, or loud cries there and tears there as they're groaning and traveling. However, the success of this prayer is not based on all of that. The success of this prayer is based on the faith that is being put out. In other words, this person does not waver. They believe inside their heart they have received that particular thing. That is the power that is involved there. It is the work of faith with power. All right? It's not the work of feelings with power. It's not the work of, you know, your emotions with power. It's the work of faith with power. So you are saying to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And you are consistent in your declaration. You do not stagger at the promise of God based on appearances that contradict, all right, what you are declaring. You don't stagger. 
It's this type of prayer where you are rejoicing and enjoying progressively the feeling of being in possession of that particular thing. Which means I believe I have received, I cross that particular line, I start calling it into existence as though it were, then I combine it with praying over, all right, that particular thing is like um, a hen that waits upon the eggs there. And, and sits upon the eggs and sits upon the eggs and make sure the eggs are kept at a particular temperature in order for them to hatch. So you sit upon that vision. You sit upon that thing continuously over a period of time in order for that thing to hatch there and for the answer to emerge. So you are waiting on the answer, so to speak. And that's what happened in the case of Daniel now. If you let go during that time, if you don't sit upon it, if you don't wait upon that answer, then the activity of the Spirit of God that is going on, all right, in the invisible realm all around you, right, will stop. Because if Daniel stopped praying, then the angels that were working to arrange things will also have not had the energy and the power to continue and they will have lost the battle. Just like Moses, when he lifted up the rod over Joshua, Joshua was winning when he put down the rod. So if we slow down, if we get weary, that's what Jesus was saying. Men always ought to pray and not to faint. Which means this is the position God has heard and answered this thing. I will stay in this place of prayer and will not faint. He said, for you shall reap in due season if you faint not. Which means you keep at it. You know that this is a definite process that you are involved in. You are thanking God, acknowledging the fact that God has heard and answered that particular initial supplication that you made unto him. You are there thanking him and, 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 and showing gratitude, all right, which must be there for the first step in this type of prayer. Because in this type of prayer of faith, uh, the first thing you're going to do is to thank God that he has heard your initial request and he has granted it unto you. So you are standing there in the fact that you are in possession of that particular thing. I mean, let me just give a scripture here in John chapter 14 that you may have something clearly and it's yours and it's not visible in the physical world. All right, because we're spirit beings basically here. So well, I want to look at this law of manifestation quickly, but let's first establish this. In John chapter, in John, and this is where a lot of times we, we lose the battle, we get out of faith because we can't see anything. Just like what Jonah said. He said, he said, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came unto him. Then what was the next thing he said? He, he said, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, which means mercy has been given unto them. But by observing lying vanities, by looking around, by judging, all right, whether or not God has heard and answered that prayer based on the way things are shaping out on the outside, you're observing lying vanities and you forsake your own mercy. Your own mercy means you've come up to the throne of grace and you have obtained mercy. Mercy has been released. God has answered, all right, that prayer and mercy has been released. But you forsake that mercy, all right, of God by observing lying vanities on the outside. That's the same thing he says, if any man asks for wisdom, but let him ask in faith, in nothing wavering, right? For let not that man who wavers, who is double-minded, let him not think he shall receive anything from the Lord. 
So no thought will be entertained in your mind that contradicts the answer to that prayer. So once you don't entertain, and when you entertain negative thoughts, they show in your emotions, which means it enters into your emotions and you start feeling depressed, you start feeling discouraged about it, sorrow begins. That means you are entertaining negative thoughts concerning that particular thing. So, so what did Elijah do? We saw that Elijah said, I'm going to tarry here until there is an appearance of this particular thing. So we say in John chapter 14 here, it says, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. That's John 14, 16. It says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Now, why can the world not receive the spirit of truth? Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, even though he is not visible, he dwells with you and shall be in you. So when God answers prayers, those answers can dwell with you, so to speak, that he has given it. And they dwell inside you, that is in your spirit, yet no man's eyes has seen that, which means it has not yet been made visible. So there is no manifestation yet, but you actually have possession of that thing. So Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, whatever things you desire when you pray, that type of prayer, believe you have it. Believe you have received it that you, it dwells on the inside of you. And you enter into that posture there to give birth to something that you already have. So you are not, all right, going there asking God again as though, God, when are you going to do this particular thing for me? What you are doing there is that you are praying there all right, unto him and saying, God, I'm now right here asking you now, not, not asking you now, praying now that you will do a work within me for the manifestation of this thing. So you are coming into agreement with God and allowing God's power to have expression in and through you to bring about a manifestation on the outside. Now, so I want to see how we cooperate with God when we get into this particular situation. And many people don't understand this co cooperation, and that's why a lot of people's prayers are, are hanging, answers are hanging in the realm of the Spirit. In other words, God has heard. God is faithful. He has heard. God is not reluctant to answer prayer. You don't have to bombard the gates of heaven. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you now have access into the holiest of all. There's no bombardment there. It has been opened up right unto you. God, uh, through his blood, he says, if he spared not his own son, how much more will he, will he not give you freely all things? So there's no reluctance in God. In fact, he told us in his word that if we right somebody comes to meet us and asks us in proverbs for something and it is in the power of our hands to do it and we say go and come again he said that is wickedness 
He said, you should not delay in doing good to a person when it is in the power of your hands to get that particular thing done. There should be no reluctance on the inside of you to do it. So God is not reluctant. He says God is not slack concerning his promise as some men count it slackness. He says he is just asking, there's an adjustment that he needs on the inside of us. That's the repentance, a change in our approach. That is, we might just be in a position of unbelief concerning that particular thing. So I want to say this again. When you are praying, and you are praying in the Spirit, there are different expressions that come out of your being. But the expressions that come out of your being is not, you know, is not what you should focus on. So you don't come into the place of prayer having said all kinds of words of unbelief about something, and then feel that, you know, if I just start making certain motions and body movements, you know, and I'm there, and I'm rolling, and I'm crouching, and I'm doing certain things, that, you know, it's almost like you are trying to, to, to emotionally manipulate God. It is a prayer that is offered up in faith. In other words, you stand there, may not feel anything. And people who get results in prayer will tell you that the most effective times of their prayer were the times that, bodily speaking, they didn't feel anything. But they operated in faith. That is, they came into that place with thanksgiving unto God, worshipping and praising Him about that particular thing then they entered into with a posture there of faith with a background of speaking the word of god only concerning that particular thing that i believe in thank you for listening to today's podcast to listen to the full message or any other message please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org for any inquiries please call 0818 600 0082 god bless you